0: Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020 Campari American, New York, New York. Never compromise. Drink responsibly.
2: They're gonna kill the love of my life. Yes, if
0: I don't go back to what I was doing, this Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal a truck. Bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous?
2: Of course it's dangerous.
0: Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13,
2: maybe inappropriate for children under 13. (laughs) We'll we'll get to see who the true listeners out there are. That's right. (laughs) Which lineups have Mark Bloom in there? That's, That's right.
0: This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from Rodowire.com your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, please visit RotoWire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird, Skylar Redpath, and J.D. Basso.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the RotoWire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of RotoWire.com. I'm joined as always for Major League Soccer by JD Bazo and Skylar Redpath. Guys, it's Thursday night. The NFL draft is going on right now. Uh, we had three matches uh, last night as part of a double game week for um, Major League Soccer's Round 8. And my question I'm going to start with you, JD. Uh, David Villa has uh, taken 21 shots in his last two games. How many does he take this weekend against Vancouver?
3: Um, I'm gonna say five. Oh, yeah, because I don't think he's gonna play the full ninety.
1: Okay, okay.
3: And Vancouver's a, a pretty tough defense. They're probably gonna play the double pivot in the defensive midfield with Jacobson and Laba. Mm-hmm. So uh, Jacobson's kind of motivated playing his former team. So yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I David Villa has been my go-to lately, and he's making. He's getting you a lot of points even though he's not scoring. So when he finally does score and still fires off 10 shots, that's going to be great. So I I really don't regret playing him because the odds are he should have scored multiple goals over those 21 shots.
1: Yeah, he scored 21 points on DraftKings uh, on Wednesday night without scoring or getting an assist. He actually outscored Didier Drogba, who did have an assist. Uh, Skyler, do you think... uh, he's going to be kind of limited in terms of production or playing time against Vancouver. Do you expect him to put up another 10 spot?
2: Um, I actually don't think he's going to be rested. And I think that he'll probably play the full 90. Um, it's possible that he's rested, but I think that he's going to score a goal and, and reward all of his faithful MLS fantasy managers out there. He actually turned in a pretty decent uh, six point haul on the, MLS fantasy manager game so wasn't all for naught even though he didn't score or have an assist but I think he turns up on the score sheet against Vancouver
1: okay that's uh, kind of how I'm feeling about it maybe just because it seems like he's the kind of player who will just keep shooting to make sure that he one finally goes in Um, but we've seen some pretty high level strikers struggle slightly and then uh, get off the schneid we saw Kamara struggle a little bit and he had a penalty last week and then bwp finally scored uh last weekend uh thanks to a, a rather egregious vulture <laughs> vulturing of a mike rell gorgeous chip but uh
3: to be fair you don't he probably had no idea if it was going in or not I And mean, you have to, you have to make sure i mean come on
1: that was certainly the the argument um if if they really looked at it, I wouldn't be surprised if the ball was, like, touching the line uh, when he tu- when he kicked it in. But fair enough. Uh, yeah, it
2: was close, to. If you rewind it back, it, it, I played it over and over a few times. It does look like it's heading towards the post. So, yeah, like J.D. said, in, the, in that spot as a striker, then you absolutely have to stick a foot on it or whatever you can to get make sure it crosses the line. Do I remember that Thank you were well. a striker? <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, so, okay. Yep. Just making sure where that argument came from (laughs) (laughs) yeah
3: gorilla already had a goal too right uh
1: yeah he he did uh yeah he didn't need
3: another one that's
1: (laughs) fair enough uh well they actually start off uh this weekend slate friday they host uh, fc dallas seven o'clock eastern uh there was a lot of talk uh, obviously how much they've struggled to start the season and they just needed kind of one uh it seemed like one goal and they took off they got very lucky in that Orlando game because um, Kyle Laren was was pulled down in the box and clearly was was a penalty but went uncalled, and then the Red Bulls scored right after that. Do you think they're able to keep that going um, this week, you know, on Friday against Dallas, or, or are they going to go back to their struggles?
3: I really think they're going to be fine. I, I'm actually surprised at how many people I hear around the Internet that are trying to say that you know they're the Red Bulls are one of the weaker teams in the league this year. Or I heard someone call them the Shivas USA of this <laughs> season, which is literally absurd. Uh, I don't know where that comes from, but I think the Red Bulls are going to be fine. They need a little luck to get back on track, but they haven't had luck in a lot of their other games. So, not too worried. They're at home, and I think it's going to be a really good match against FC Dallas.
1: Uh Skylar, do yep. you are you perfectly fine taking Dallas players uh, at playing at Red Bull Arena?
2: Probably not on the Friday Saturday slate. Mm-hmm. Uh it feels like to me Dallas is kind of hitting a wall. I know it's only been one really been one bad game that they had against Vancouver last time out, but it just feels like New York has the momentum coming into this game. Dallas not so much, so I don't know. There's some other options I think that I'm probably going to consider instead of the Dallas players and uh, probably even Red Bulls players. I don't know. This is one of those Friday night games that I'm not as keen on as some of the others that I've been on as far as fantasy goes. But um should be a fun game, though, for sure.
1: Yeah, we were uh, chatting uh, off the podcast before, the, before Wednesday's lineup lock for FMLS, and I was saying that I was considering – uh, or maybe, was it last? I don't remember when it was, but I was uh, or it was last weekend. I was considering playing or captaining angry Sasha Kledgson. Decided not to. I went with Espindola, a, a who then got hurt, and then Kledgson had two assists. But it seems like there are a lot of big fantasy names in this game. Um, does that make you guys feel like there should be a lot of scoring, or is it just going to be two teams that are very good and they kind of lock up?
3: I'm kind of in between. I don't feel strongly one way or another, and it, it kind of feels like kind of a 2-1 type of game somehow. Mm. I don't know to which side because I think they're both pretty good. Dallas is fairly fearless on the road. Um, if Diaz is back in full, then it's it's going to be a really good game. Mm. The center backs for New York are still not great, so Maxi Arudi is kind of a guy I'm thinking about, but he's he, – He's getting to the price range where it's tough to to buy him at, for $5,900. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's right on the fence because he's not prolific at getting points any other way other mm-hmm. than goals.
1: Yeah, I, I understand that they should be getting Gideon Bob back, which uh, certainly helps. They're apparently trading for Aurelian Collin, um, yeah. which... Also should help. I uh, Connor Lade, who is not a center back, but Connor Lade is uh, out this weekend, or out Friday with this. Uh, I think it was another, it was another hamstring. I feel like that's all they get over there. But uh, yeah, should be a good game. I feel like there are a lot of people who have, um, you know, fantasy players from these teams. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where it, where it all ends up at the end of Friday. But uh, moving to the Saturday slate, um, we have four games starting at four o'clock p.m which is uh, pretty nice for uh, DFS purposes that you don't have to check lineups every hour for six straight hours. But um, the first one we'll talk about is Columbus traveling to play Seattle. Um, I believe uh, Andreas Evenschitz is questionable unless he's been ruled out. I haven't seen an official rule out yet. But uh, if he does miss out, who who's the biggest beneficiary fantasy-wise? Is it Dempsey or is it... Um, this is it somebody else?
3: I think it's Dempsey because he would probably get to play in the front three instead of playing more of a kind of a number 10 type of midfield role where he has to get back more, um, which yep. I don't think really suits him very much. So he he's not really the best suited for the front line, but I think he's a little worse suited to be dropping back into the defense so often. He's kind of a... If they want to play a 4-3-3, he doesn't fit that well anywhere.
1: Sounds like so. Wayne Rooney. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. He's,
3: he probably fits good on the wing for this game, and I would like that at home against Columbus.
1: Where did the crosses go?
2: So I think um, Dempsey's probably going to have a few more of the free kicks that even Schitts would normally take, but mm-hmm. I'm thinking that Freiburg mm-hmm. might actually step in and take some of the... Corner kicks and some of the other set pieces out wide. He's only three thousand, so uh, he's a guy that's been around the league for. Few, I guess he's been back and forth for a couple of years here and there, but he's got some good crossing, attacking ability, and for three thousand, then he might be worth watching to see if he's starting. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, Tyrone Mears is another guy that could get on some set pieces, and uh, I guess he he probably could take corners too if they needed him to. But Brad Evans is out. So his set piece kind of corner kick slash penalty duty is up for grabs. And I can't imagine Dempsey letting anybody else take a penalty kick. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I could. I agree with you on that one.
3: I'm kind of amazed that Brad Evans was even allowed to take them ahead of Dempsey. They must have lost a bet or something.
1: <laughs> and do you think Kamara uh, keeps, I mean, it's not like he had a, a huge game last week. He got uh, the benefit of that penalty, which I was a little bit surprised to hear, and please correct me if I misheard it, but that was his first um, penalty kick for Columbus. Was that right?
3: Taken or scored?
1: Uh, I I took it as taken.
3: I um, thought he, did he miss one earlier this season? Did he? I think he might have. I think, did they play?
2: He's not, uh, that's not. That's not showing on the uh, DraftKings. No. No. Yeah, it seems like I've seen him take one before, but maybe not Mm
3: -hmm. Wait, penalty missed is on, oh yeah it is, it's on DraftKings, I didn't even know
2: that You look for
1: the guys with the long line of zeros, but I mean he's got goals in in two straight And, you know, Seattle, like you said, Evans is out And not that even Schitts is going to be the one to to shut him down But um, that's a little less uh, offensive creativity that, that they have to worry about So can you keep that going?
3: Uh, Kamara's okay. He's not my favorite this week. He's up to $9,000. 9, mm-hmm.
1: Um,
3: kind of weird. I don't appreciate that very much, but it, it's going to make him tough to play the whole way on the road in Seattle. Um, but Columbus's attack is still going to be all right this weekend. So I, I wouldn't say don't buy him. I'm just not in love with him either. Brad Evans is out. So they have yeah. who? Zach Scott at center back?
1: That's what I would think.
2: Yeah. yeah. and you've got the you've got uh Sounders defense that was just lit up by the Rapids. Mm-hmm. It gave up three goals to uh guys like Connor or not Connor Doyle, <laughs> Kevin Doyle. <laughs> uh Selignac had one so yes, yeah, Sol- Selignac had one, so they looked disposable. Right? Uh Jermaine Jones had the other. Oh right. yeah, yeah. got in on the assist. Mm-hmm gosh he's Um, looked really i mean who isn't gonna get lit up by colorado uh (laughs) this next couple months yeah so the crew have that going for him i think kai's probably definitely gonna still be the same threat he always is he's definitely pricey um he's he's probably worth rolling out though i mean if you want to he's probably not going to be a cash game play just because of his price tag but if you're trying to take down a tournament and want to throw a guy out that a lot of people are going to avoid just because of his price tag then I like Kamara now that you said that about the PKs too I do remember last year that was a big talking point about him compared to Giovinco was that Giovinco had a lot of goals off of penalty kicks and Kai had the same mm-hmm. goal total without, without scoring them. a PK all season so.
3: yeah well he also had the benefit of being born where he was going to be super tall and is a midget <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
1: dude I? I feel. Are like, we allowed to say that? Uh, you said it, so uh, I don't have the beeping capabilities. So. Um, the I, I feel like looking at Kamara at nine thousand, David V at eighty six. Um, I don't know how anybody could convince me that Kamara is a better
2: play. Um, right, V is gonna not going go to go ninety. Yeah, and that's going to be where most people are, are going is David Villa, so Kai might be a decent little pivot.
1: Yeah.
3: And really, Drogba's not going 90 either. I hate to break it to you guys. Oh, so no So the, the elite forward category is is not strong because Javinko's not on this slate.
1: Yeah, yep. Um, yeah, I was going to kind of use that throughout, but, I mean, you're right. And, um, you know, Wando's up there, but... Uh, you know, at Philly, not that Philly's that great, but um, I'm usually pretty pro earthquakes at home, but not on the road. Um, And then after that, it's, you know, a bunch of guys who are relatively affordable with, uh, you know, Laren and Sapong, but, you know, Plata and Acom are out, Spindle is out. It's, uh, yeah, it could get pretty ugly. Um, So, if you don't want to pay up for uh, the most expensive forward with uh, Kamara, you can get the second most expensive midfielder with Iguain. Um, is he worth it at Seattle, or do you guys feel like you're just going to stay away from Columbus?
3: I don't feel I like, like, like I'm going to stay away. I feel like I'm probably just going to go with Miram again.
1: Miram, you're going to have a Justin Miram jersey by the end of the season. I know it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, it's just when I like Columbus's offense enough that I want some exposure. He's the only cheap one of the four. Yeah. So, I mean, Iguain, I don't really like too many attacking midfielders when they they have the Ozzy Alonso factor going up against them. Um, so th- that makes it just an average kind of outlook for Iguain, I think. Because while the rest of their defense isn't the greatest, especially in the midfield, I don't know that Iguain's going to get more space than he usually does. I think it's just going to be an, an all right game, and he's...
2: Such a long road trip, so who knows? Yeah, I like Higuain, but I, I don't think for DFS on Saturday that he's the right play at that price. He's, uh, in terms of midfielders, he's second highest price after Kaká. So I actually like guys like uh, Lee Wynn and Ignacio Piatti, Christian Tacerta. Guys like that, even though... Uh, Piotti hasn't been producing the extra stats they're all coming in at about five or six hundred dollars cheaper than iguain and i think that they probably have just as much upside as he does with probably probably have better better matchups too so mm-hmm. um that's where i'm going to be looking in that midfield price point
1: makes sense um we well speaking of Piotti, let's just go to that next game we've got montreal uh hosting colorado um Jermaine Jones is now at 3700. You know, he he's he's not a 10 to 15 goal scorer. He's got two two and two games though. Um he has also done pretty well just filling the stat sheet, including eight fouls committed in the, in two games, but uh <laughs> at 3700, I mean, you have to play him, right?
3: Yeah, I think you do.
1: I mean, you figure with Papa still out um, and there's just not, I don't know, I just feel like in that price range, uh, you're not going to get anybody with with that upside, let alone a decent floor because of everything else that he's able to do.
3: Well, right above him in this match is Marco Donadel, Mm -hmm. who is on set pieces and corner kicks and was in, in line for a great night before he got subbed off early yesterday. Right. So... I think he's. I mean, you could definitely play both. Mm-hmm. But if you if you do want to go something a little different, then just pay two hundred more for Donadell. He's at home. Um, I imagine he's going to start. So, and who knows how Jermaine Jones is going to? I mean, the maybe the kind of his anger is wearing off.
1: He's
3: now gone. <laughs> he's now gone two games in. Uh, a road trip, not a conference opponent in Montreal, maybe this is kind of a letdown game.
1: Uh, we saw Maxim Tissot get ten points last uh yeah, last night uh, for twenty six hundred bucks. He's starting at uh, one of the fullback spots. He actually got cheaper. He's now twenty five hundred. Um I know you know you don't always want to use a, a midfield spot on a defender, but that seems like a pretty good return for twenty five hundred bucks.
3: It does, but is he gonna start again is the question. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah. He started for um Kamara, right? Not Yeah, and Kyle then Kamara.
3: Donnie Toya is also gonna be in the mix. Right. Well I Toya imagine. was
1: out hurt too. Um Right. They played yesterday, so we don't have an update yet. It's Thursday night that whether they're gonna return. But um I don't know. I feel like if he starts again that's uh you know He's not going to give you huge upside and Donadell on free kicks is obviously he's going to get closer to goal but you know it saves you $1400 between the two of them.
3: Yeah, no, I think Tiso would be a a decent punt if you really need to save salary but mm-hmm. I I don't know that you have to this week.
1: Okay. Okay. Um,
2: yeah, I like anytime a guy's at bargain bin price like that, then I like to throw him out there just for the the value that they bring, I mean, really, you're only hoping for about six or seven points when you're playing a guy at twenty five hundred, and then that just allows you to spend up elsewhere for the studs. So, unless um,
3: it's R.J. Allen, shout out to R.J. Allen last yeah, night.
2: Yeah, R.J. Allen, big performance big. last night. Yeah, and even who uh, was the guy that started for the Revs that played left back, Donald uh, Smith. Smith. Yeah, so he was only three thousand. Yeah. And um, popped him in a few lineups. I think he ended up with twelve points. So that's a he did. Know, yeah, you got to take a risk on some guys like that. But that's where paying attention to starting lineups and kind of knowing where guys fit in and their role for certain games definitely come into play. So I had it's both. It's all about kind of yeah. It's just all about kind of keeping an eye out for those values as they come out.
1: Yeah, I had both of them uh, last night. And Smith, I was halfway into a tweet about how he wasn't in the salary, he wasn't in the player pool. And cause there was just no thought in my mind to search forwards. And then <laughs> there he was. And it's like, man, there's, there are not a lot of times where you take a guy who's a, a left back, but listed as a forward right. and you still play him. But
2: right. Yeah. That was a tough call. Cause you're in your head, you're thinking, well, there goes any kind of a clean sheet bonus, but at the same time, especially on a short slate, when a value play like that's uncovered that, you know, a lot of guys probably aren't going to be on. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just worth the risk and you throw them out there and pocket the savings and spend it up elsewhere. So,
1: yeah, the way I I looked at it with Smith, at least was that I was willing to take Woodbury and if I could get that production for, you know, 1200 bucks less or whatever it turned out to be. Um, I figured why not? Although it did kill one of my utility spots since, um, I had Drogba and, and David Villa, but the, I don't know, that was $3,000. He's only 3300 now this week, and Tierney's not not that close to coming back, so he could, fantasy-wise, he played well enough to keep that starting spot, so we'll see what happens. Yeah,
3: he looked pretty cool. good. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, how about we see some Jordan McCrary, the promising young rookie, not any of this Donald Smith business. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I mean, McCrary's at 2100 so he's... That will be that would be nice if, if it happened. Uh, next up is San Jose at Philadelphia. We kind of casually mentioned this here. Um, do you guys like Sapong or Wando better in this one?
3: I like Wando better. Mm. I think huh. most people are going to like Sapong better. But, I mean, come on. Wando just can't stop scoring even if he wanted to.
1: <laughs> it is pretty crazy. Four straight. Uh, with a goal and oh.
3: seven of eight he yeah. has a goal oh
1: wow I didn't even realize that uh, my favorite thing of his four game streak is that uh, every single one of his shots on goal have have gone in
2: that's Wando for you though yeah. but if he doesn't score then there's the there's the bust mm. the boomer bust play for Wando it's he's, he better score or you know you're paying up for a goal is pretty much all you're paying for there mm-hmm yeah, but
3: so I I just want to point out, look at who he has played. Dallas, Red Bulls, Portland, and Kansas City. Guess who's not in that echelon of talented teams?
2: Philadelphia.
1: <laughs> um
2: Yeah, I'm not yeah, I'm definitely not hating on Wando by any means. He's a pure goal scorer. I just think this game I probably like Sepong a little bit better for the savings that you're getting with him. He's probably got just as much upside to score a goal as Wando does, and you're getting him for about $1,000 cheaper. Mm-hmm. So that's probably where that's what gives me the the nod over Wando as far as Sipong goes.
3: Headline Skyler hates Wando. <laughs>
2: <laughs> nah, Wando's my boy. I've had a beer with that's him. That's right. That's right. On a bus, right? Yep. Uh, is, there, the hotel.
1: is there anybody else in this game that you guys like? Barnetta. Okay.
3: I love Barnetta.
1: I wish he was yeah. a little cheaper. 5100 now is...
3: I mean, that would be nice, but the guy's on set pieces and corners.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's kind of like a poor man's even shits right now. Okay. I he wouldn't go like that it. far, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> <he's>...
3: <laughs> Yeah, no, he's pretty much uh, who they rely on to to make the plays. So if you like Sapong, then you should like Barnetta this week, and you might as well play both of them.
1: Mm-hmm makes sense makes sense and um, simon
3: dawkins had a pretty big game last week didn't he I, I guess not big but i thought he looked good and his draft kings points uh weren't bad i guess he was the sunday slate which is why i remember it because he was doing well relative to some of the the other players available on such a,
2: a short week yeah, he's yeah got... i think if you're looking sorry andrew uh I was just saying real quick, if you're looking at that Jermaine Jones price range, Quintero from the Quakes is worth a look. He's 3800 and he's been hitting close to double digits the past few times out.
1: Mm-hmm. hmm Yeah, I like all those. Um, other than, well, I guess Fabinho's still out. Um, he's out suspended. So um, who's it? Uh, Rosenberry, who's going to keep starting?
3: Yeah, he'll keep starting. And on the other side, uh, that's a tough one. Who's going to step in there? Well, Josh Yarrow probably. I was going to say, maybe Yarrow. He's kind of small. He's very small, actually. But maybe Gaddis. Gaddis could pop in on the other side or um, someone that's probably not listed. I know they had a couple guys in camp that were battling for a spot that ended up getting uh, sent down to bethlehem steel Hmm. so yeah they might actually play someone if it's not gaddis it's gonna be someone that's not listed i bet
1: (laughs) do you guys like the goalies in this one or no
3: yeah i like both both probably andre blake more even though i like wando more as a forward i think blake has has that really high upside that i love in a tournament keeper Mm
2: -hmm. just i
3: like blake
1: okay Um, all right. The last four o'clock game is Vancouver at New York City. We kind of chatted about it um, a little bit before. Both I'm so
3: happy, so happy. This is a four o'clock game because otherwise it would be unplayable.
1: Because you you can't guess the lineup.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. The so yeah, both teams played yesterday, and uh, New York City brought back uh, Tommy McNamara and Andrea Pirlo, who were rested. Last week against Philly And Mixed disc Still not in the Starting 11 Uh, I'm guessing that RJ Allen gets another Start after he scored Uh, Patrick Well he might be hurt Oh is he?
3: Yeah I think last He got a He got taken off last night With some kind of knock I believe
1: Okay Okay So We'll have to uh, We'll have to check on that Um I believe Wasn't even in the 18 Um last night so theoretically he could uh, slap back in and i mean then you're basically left with via versus Takera, rivero bolaños uh, <laughs> i mean how many vancouver options i mean t- assuming that they start i mean there are probably like five or six guys that you could that you could take from that from vancouver right
3: yeah, whoever lines up on Iriola's side, if Iriola starts, I'm going to have.
1: <laughs> okay.
3: Iriola's been allowing a lot of offensive activity, to put it kindly. And um, I guess that would be Bolaños' wing on the left there, probably. But Kakuta right. Mane is probably going to start, too. And him versus Matarita would be really exciting.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... Um... I don't know it's kind of a weird um match uh, yeah because like we said like they all they were all basically off i mean they all played last night and uh, i mean and they used basically their their full lineups as opposed to what we saw from kansas you know sporting kansas city that used a lot of the backup guys but um i feel like we we kind of get um we, we talked about it off the podcast last night, but like when we see guys who don't usually start uh, slot in, like last night it was Masato Kudo for Vancouver. Um, we were talking about it with the late game. Um, Diego Rubio was the one from from uh, Sporting Kansas City. Like how, J.D., how much do you put into those guys? Like do you jump all over them or is it one of those that uh, there are only a select few that you're willing to, to take that jump on? Like how do you react to, to moves like that?
3: What was really weird last night because it was the the last game, and um, I had used most of my spots in the earlier matches. So I actually got a lot of money left over in the couple places where I had Rivero, or um, I think I had maybe one Zeusie and Dwyer combo. So that yeah, I was f- kind of forced to bump down to to play some of those guys. If I had seen them for like one of these four o'clock matches, if I saw Kudo or Rubio, it would really depend on the matchup. We've seen them in glimpses. We know what kind of players they're expected to be. Um, I think Kudo is kind of showing that he's just kind of a fringe attacking player at the moment. He's not a guy that gets in the mix all the time. He could disappear for large portions of the game. Um, He's kind of small. So Mm -hmm. he's not someone I would really jump on normally. (laughs) Rubio I think has shown glimpses and if he appeared in a full strength lineup I would I would be in on him for sure so I I guess I think it's a case-by-case basis if that's what the question you're asking is
1: yeah it's more which ones do you pick when when you have all of your spots available as opposed to two of them
3: well I guess you should just tweet and ask me then (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, no
3: I think I think it depends what the lineup around them is like mm -hmm. if I like to sometimes think, if that were Dwyer, in the case of Rubio, if it were Dwyer, would I play him? And right. then if I say yes, the supporting cast is good, then I think, well, does he have a chance to do as much as Dwyer, or is he a much less less talented player? Right. So, I mean, yeah, Rubio's a little worse, but you get a lot of savings, and he definitely could still score, so that, that might be a good way to look at it, is see, just kind of compare them to the starter, and it if they're glaringly worse, then you probably want to stay away. But mm-hmm. uh,
1: Skylar, you've been uh, somebody who's willing to jump on a new player right away. I remember when Drogba came over. Uh, I think you had him in a bunch of lineups, the, the, his first game. Uh, if Lampard starts, do you start? Do you grab him in a lineup?
2: <laughs> no, I, I'm probably not going uh, all in on Lampard right off the bat. But uh, a lot of times, I think, uh most of that is based on you know coming into a match or coming into a, to the league I guess you could say then kind of the state that the players in and lampard just seems like maybe he's waiting until he's 100% but i just <laughs> i don't see i don't see him uh 100% right now i think if he plays and he's i don't know i just i don't, I don't feel like he's worth uh spot on a fantasy team right now so
1: what if I told you one third of his career MLS goals are against Vancouver?
2: Probably still staying away.
3: <laughs> I would say I can't believe he has three MLS goals. <laughs>
1: he does. The other one was at Vancouver though, so maybe that's maybe uh, that's the reason we can stay away from him.
2: I'd play him.
3: Okay.
1: He yeah, started. he's I he's mean... only
2: forty seven hundred, so yeah, if he starts and he might actually be worth looking at.
3: Like Skyler said, he's probably not going to play till he's a hundred percent. Because why? I mean, it doesn't seem like there's a reason to right now. The mm-hmm. season's early. Um, he, it's not like he, he's embarrassed to be hurt. <laughs> so if he's back, if he's back, I think he's going to be fine, and I'd play him. I, I'll never forget. I guess this is only tangentially related, but. Some people have such a bias against players that are new to the league. It's unbelievable. I My first ever Roto-Wire articles were last year's MLS previews. And when the, the fantasy MLS subreddit got a hold of them, oh my goodness, why did you rank Jovinko so high? He's <laughs> new. New players never do well when they come over. Well, if they're talented, I don't care how long they've been in MLS or not I mean the cream rises to the top this whole thing about having to acclimate to the league I find a little ridiculous
2: I mean I'm one of those guys though that thinks that there is a little bit of a learning curve because just because of the way that the league is and uh, I feel like there's players that have come over and have actually said that yeah it's taken some time for me to get used to the that's style service. of the league
3: that's when <laughs> when they do bad of course they're going to say that
2: yeah, but you look at guys like Henri, and I mean, there's been several players that have come over, and yeah, it's taken on like you think me imme- that they're going to make an instant impact, but it's not that immediate impact that that fans think it's going to be a, a breeze for these guys to come into the league and dominate. Like they actually have to find their find their footing first, and then yeah, like you said, they they do rise to the top eventually. And there are players that have come into the league and and dominated from the get go, like Giovinco, but. I, think, I still think that there's a little bit of a learning curve there.
3: Yeah, I think it. you're right. It just gets blown out of proportion, and then everyone thinks it's going to happen to every guy. And I, once again, you have to take it on a case-by-case basis. I mean, when Pirlo comes over after a full season and he's tired, and his <laughs> kind of strength is something that takes chemistry and time to build with teammates, and none of his teammates are making the right runs because they've never played with anyone like Pirlo before, then, yeah, that's going to take time. But, I mean, Thierry Henry was the best player on the field immediately, and you could tell. And just because he wasn't scoring a barrage of goals, I mean, I wouldn't say that he took time to acclimate to the league.
1: I look back, yeah, you had, you had Jovinko as your fourth best uh, forward last year behind Robbie right. Kane, and I got Obafemi Martins, and David Villa. So you had Villa and Jovinko.
3: I was tarred and feathered for putting Javinko forth. Can you believe that?
2: <laughs> now look at you. That's right. That's right. I
3: actually wasn't going to Vancouver
2: to hang out with, uh, Fernando Adi.
3: I don't be honest. I think maybe like four people commented about Javinko, So I'm, <laughs> I'm blowing it way out of proportion, but.
1: but you were right. Uh, moving on the first non four o'clock Saturday game, DC at Chicago. Uh, doesn't feel like a lot of excitement in this one. Uh, either of you want to sell me on the opposite?
3: I'm not going to be watching.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm not too excited about this one. Most of my favorite fantasy players are missing out. A Spindle, a calm. I don't think either of those guys will be taking part. So Patrick, really you're looking at revenge game? Yeah, and yeah. Rolf. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Nyarko's a uh, pretty good play this game. Um. 4,300. Neyarko,
3: nice. Rolf, and then you can stack them with Alvaro Saborillo, who has looked really good this year when he's gotten minutes.
1: Yeah. I, he, I,
3: the triple DC on the road stack. Nothing like that. <laughs> Yikes.
1: <laughs> um, just throw Travis Wara in there too, right? Why not? <laughs> and Taylor Kent. Might as well. We might as well just go full on DC here. Um, <laughs> Skyler, you've been a pretty uh, – heavy proponent at least you were a few weeks ago of uh, Gilberto you struggled a little bit um but is home against DC a, a time to break out for him
2: could be he's I don't even think he's scored a goal this season but Correct. coming into this season then yeah I was pretty high on him and definitely has started slow out of the gate but he's got some goal potential so He's not going to be in a lot of lineups, um, just because of his slow start. So, 5,500, then I'd probably I'd probably give him a play in a GPP lineup.
1: What makes you like him more than Kennedy Ygbon, and Ike? I th-
2: I feel like Nikkei is a little bit more one-dimensional. I mean, both of them have been pretty one-dimensional so far this season but it feels like Gilberto has got a little bit more to his game than Igbuanike does. Okay. So, I don't know. They're priced about the same and Gilberto's 100 bucks less. Like I I'd, I'd probably say that they're probably about even this week to me. I'd probably play one or the other if I was wanting to take a GPP roll of the dice.
3: Yeah, that's interesting because I think Igbuanike is a a more multifaceted player, but Gilberto is Closer to goal. Mm -hmm. So that's probably why I'd lean Gilberto. Igbarn and Ike can disappear for for long stretches. And I think his kind of goal-scoring opportunities were a little... They just kind of came out of nowhere. I think the one game he had a a great goal, he had been terrible for the first however many minutes. And I thought he was about to get subbed off. So, yeah. I'd probably go Gilberto. But to be honest, I also forgot he existed. (laughs) uh, Until you mentioned him.
1: (laughs) Okay, um, is there anybody else from either team? I mean, is it possible to avoid this game completely? Is Taylor Kempworth the 4,900 with Tierney out? I mean, Probably not on the road. Yeah.
3: Probably not on the road, but there, there's definite value in this game if you want to take some players. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying fade it. I'm just saying don't watch
2: it.
1: Okay.
3: Like, Nyarko is actually a pretty good play.
2: Yeah, so like Nagel too. I know uh he's been a guy that JD's dismissed pretty <laughs> pretty regularly, but he's he's kind well, of he's- a sneaky Yeah, he's kind of a sneaky play on DC just cuz he's been taking set pieces and now it looks like he's on PK duty too. So he's 5100, which I don't like. I liked him a lot better when he was under 5000, but he's still a guy um these days that I'm at least considering.
1: Yeah, there was talk that he was going to take more more free kicks with a spindle out. Um, I mean, well, was...
3: get ready to, to watch him sail high and wide. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, Nagel is not a type of player that should be taking free kicks. That's absurd. That's like late 1990s MLS. <laughs>
2: well, it might be more so uh, from the wing than like a straight-on shot at the goal. Mm-hmm. Um type of free kick. So yeah, he's definitely not like a Ronaldo style free kick taker Yeah, here's here's
3: Might some be good the first analysis, time he's though. ever been
1: spoken about <laughs>
3: yeah. Ronaldo. Here, Here's some good analysis. How about Marcelo Sarvis is out? Mm-hmm. He's the rock of DC United's midfield. He's probably one of the better um, Guys that people don't talk about in MLS when he played with the Galaxy, he was kind of their glue. They shipped him off last year so they could get Gerard. Um, he kind of fluttered around in Colorado because they were bad. But I think he's looked really good in D.C. United's midfield this season. Good defensive player. He's already accumulated five yellow cards, though. So they're talking about maybe playing like Rob Vincent as a center midfielder or Julian Boucher who's more of a an attacking mid-slash-forward type of guy. So um, if maybe Goosens gets a starter, whoever's in that kind of number 10 role for Chicago should have a field day. Hmm. As much as a Chicago offensive guy could have a field day without a <laughs> comm being in the lineup. Right, right.
1: Okay. Uh, there also doesn't seem to be any indication of when a comm is going to come back, which... It's never, never great to hear just cause, uh, he was so important to them. But, um, moving on is Orlando at new England. We had, um, new England play on Wednesday. Um, Lee Wynn had a pretty decent game, uh, thanks to his 15 crosses. So clearly Tierney's crosses are going right to Lee win as, as you guys both said would happen last week. um, do you guys like Win or Kaká more in this game? Because it sounds like Kaká should be back.
2: I like Win more, uh, based on both his price and I just feel like he's due for a huge game. I mean, he the game that he had last night was really good for the price that he paid, and if he adds a goal or an assist to that total, which he had 18 points last night, um, it's going to be a he's going to be a have a pretty big fantasy night so i like him better
3: i'd probably lean him a little bit but kaka has a lot more upside in my opinion so that would be the argument mm-hmm. i think that the wins price is a, li- a little more appealing and i you never know maybe kaka just decides he doesn't want to play on the turf <laughs> i mean he probably will play but
1: he plays a turf at home so
3: yeah who knows I just wanna I mean Lee Wynn was clearly allowed to roam free thanks to Daigo Kobayashi's presence in the midfield. <laughs>
2: Kobayashi. Oof.
1: Um Charlie Davies is or left Wednesday's match with an injury. Juan Agudelo came in. Uh how do you guys feel about him at forty three hundred if he starts?
3: I feel okay about him. I, I yeah, still I'm not like a person, Agudelo. Though. Yeah. I like Agadel as a player still, but it it's just weird the the Revs forwards never make me want to play them. Um, their system yeah. maybe isn't the best suited for for forwards. I don't know, but I played a decent amount of Charlie Davies last night because he seemed pretty motivated coming yeah. into the game. He was finally going to get a start, and then the the injury kind of was was really disappointing, not just for me but for him because he fought his way back from this other one. He just can't seem to stay healthy this season.
1: No. Yeah, it's definitely just and he looked
3: good, I thought. Um he didn't do much, but he looked dangerous when he just he was making good runs and it it felt like he was gonna get a goal.
1: Is Shea playable at all?
3: Yeah, I think he is.
1: Mm. I feel like he's not crossing nearly enough to justify now forty seven hundred.
2: I wouldn't play him in a cash game, but...
1: <laughs> okay.
2: Yeah, that price, you've got Matarita, 4600 So you're probably only playing one guy, one defender at that price point, and right now, for me, is that guy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Um, and all of the guys above him, not named Chris Tierney, I feel like he'd play Matarita ahead of him, meaning... Uh, Shea, Fool, and, and Kemp. But um, but the argument yeah, maybe is that
3: Kemp. New England just went 90 yesterday. I mean, of course they went 90. They played a game in their team. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you can say a player went 90. But, um, yeah, I mean, Breck Shea is going to play a tired New England team. Mm-hmm. I don't think New England is that good. New England, speaking of Kobayashi, they got that last-second header to to tie the game down in Orlando, right? I, earlier this year, because mm-hmm. it was kind of amazing that Kobayashi did something, let alone a, a game-tying or game-winning <laughs> game header. Game-anything, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Orlando's another team that I think they play pretty good on the road, so I, I'd i be okay with Shea if you have that much money.
1: Yeah, I kind of feel like you're better off paying 39 for Ramos, who is, seems to be crossing just as much.
3: Ramos, did he start last? Yeah, he did. Yeah. No, know. I'd be okay with Ramos too.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. And Kyle Aaron, seven grand.
3: That's one of the tougher questions of the week, I think. Probably I'm gonna not. Say, I'm gonna say you could because he's been scoring a lot, and he's always gonna get chances, especially when Kaká plays, and he's just been so good at finishing them. I don't think you can count him out on a road game.
1: I feel like I would. I would rather Laren at seven thousand than Wando at seventy two. Hmm. Maybe not. Ooh. Maybe maybe I don't actually. Now that I've said that out loud, hmm. <laughs> I definitely like him more than Kamara at nine thousand. But that's not really in the like same if, ballpark.
2: If Drogba starts and he's that forward in that price range for me, even though he probably will only play sixty to seventy minutes just feels like he's he's going to score a goal if he starts. Even if he comes off the bench, I just it feels like Drogba's got a goal in him. So he's 7,300, Wando's 7,200, and Laren is 7,000. So, uh, we'll get to see early on, too, with Drogba as well. We'll get to see the lineups early, so mm-hmm. we'll know if he's in.
3: I, I 100% agree with you that it feels like Drogba is going to score a goal, especially because I think he could definitely outclass the Colorado center backs, but it doesn't look like drug going to score a goal. He's looked really bad. Even in the game he scored in, I I'm not impressed at all. I think he's, th- he's finally over the hill. Last season was kind of his last hurrah. I think
1: hmm. they play at and Columbus this weekend.
3: Yeah. Wait, what's that?
1: they play at Columbus next, or I'm sorry, next weekend they play at Columbus. So it's not like they, we have any, it's not like they're, he's going to possibly play Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday or something like that. So
3: that's true. But I, I don't think he looks very good to be honest.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, last game of Saturday is Houston at RSL. The dynamo look like we expected them to look, um, when they were scoring on everybody uh, earlier this season. Uh RSL, um like you said, Chao Plata's out, um but um is it finally time for the uh, another Javier Morales breakout game? I mean he was pretty good against the galaxy in forty five minutes last or yeah last weekend. Um do you guys like him this weekend home against Di- the dynamo?
2: Yeah, yeah. I do. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. He's, uh, especially with Plata, Plata out, he's got big upside going to be over all the set pieces. Um, just kind of curious if he'll start, which I think he should, I think he's healthy. He came off the bench against the galaxy, but, um, he should start this game if he starts and he's probably one of my favorite midfield plays, um, of the weekend, I'd say maybe, uh, I guess Sunday, which we'll talk about a little bit later. You've got Valeri going, and then I, I still like Lee Wynn a lot, but I'd say Morales is right up there with those guys for me.
3: Yeah, the Dynamo or the new Philadelphia Union. <laughs> I mean, they're just really good at conceding goals.
1: Yeah. Um, Are you going to fall for Jordan Allen again? <laughs>
2: <laughs> he actually had a decent return last game, didn't he? It wasn't too bad. It wasn't as bad as it has been, I guess you could say. What was it? He had nine, he had points, nine yeah. points. Nine points to like so,
3: Several games of his combined this season.
2: Yes.
1: His last 90 minutes. <laughs> so was for
2: 3,100.
3: And against Houston, yeah. Uh, I'd fall for him again. <laughs> yeah.
1: Sure. The fact that he's defender eligible gives him an automatic boost, I feel. Like, I'm not sure yeah, I... you'd play him a 3,100 midfielder.
3: No, I feel bad because I literally put him in my article. I think every week, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you have to. You I have mean, to. it's it's still the smart play in my. I mean, I think so anyway. So, I'm I can't stop just because it hasn't worked out.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and going up against a team like you said, JD, that's been vulnerable at the back. Then yeah, you absolutely have to look his way at 3100 in a defender slot. Then yeah, I'm I'm gonna roll him out again.
1: Okay.
3: You know who else I really like? Giles Barnes. I was
1: just about to say Giles Barnes.
3: And the, what I really love about Giles Barnes this week is that people are going to look at the game logs. And I kind of think about this more than I should maybe. But I think about what everyone else is going to see when they look at the game logs. Because I, I think a lot of people almost to a fault. That's how they pick their team on DraftKings, And they say, oh, here's the points I see for his last three or four games. hmm and that's why I want to pick him. And that's why I don't. He put Wait, out So six. you're
2: telling me I'm doing it wrong? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> we actually, we probably talk about it more than we even should on here, but we do need something to illustrate how good they've been with. But, um, but yeah, six points last week. That's kind of one that people look at and might stay away from for 6,300. But Andy's on the road, but I don't think RSL are that good defensively either. So I'm, I'm pretty uh, high on Giles Barnes this week. Maybe even over a guy like Lee Wynn or Piotti.
1: Wow. Okay. Um, Yeah, Giles Barnes sticks out to me only because there was a slate earlier this season where we had talked about Giles Barnes, and Skyler mentioned that he would play him, and it just didn't seem like we talked about it enough. And he went in, and I think Barnes was like 6% owned. And I think it was the game against... Um, Seattle, because that was the Seattle.
3: nonchalant goal, right? Yes. The oh, that's long. right, where he wasn't even paying attention.
1: <laughs> yeah. And there he was but... <laughs> scoring in, in Skyler's GPP-winning lineup. And I was like, damn, we <laughs> we missed that one. Or most of us missed it. 94% of our picks missed it. But, um, yeah, I feel like we haven't gotten to a point yet where Giles Barnes is ever the the, the main... Or the the biggest focus, yeah, exactly. But yeah, he does. I mean, he's got the highest upside on Houston by far, right?
3: I think so. I mean, we don't even talk about Will Bruin anymore.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Only to get in a dig.
2: Yeah, I still think Madonna. I was just asking
1: Madonna, or uh... I mean, he's really if he's hundred
2: percent healthy, then and he's going to be over all the set pieces once he's if like I wish he would be playing a full 90 he's only been hitting close to 60 or 70 minutes lately so i just i don't think we've seen his full potential i mean i guess you could say that first game or two he had a couple of really good outings but once he's once he's integrated with the the attack and everything i think he's going to be probably one of our big go-to guys honestly i mean i think he's got the potential like we've seen from even shit so far this season so it's just a matter of once he's fully fit and fully integrated with the the attack,
0: mm-hmm.
1: okay, okay, uh, that is the last Saturday game, so we can move uh, move on to Sunday quickly. Here, we have uh, a two game uh, Sunday slate. I don't uh, I don't believe DraftKings has the prices up, but um, the teams are good enough that we know who's going to be expensive and not. The first game is Portland and Toronto, and we can kind of combine them. The next one is Sporting Kansas City against the Galaxy. Um, Weird timing, too. The first game is at 3.30 Eastern, and the next one is at 8 p.m. So, um, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Sporting Kansas City. Let me start there. We saw some pretty good squad rotation last night um, against Vancouver. Benny Fellhaber is pretty much the only uh, regular attacker that – that started. We even got Tim Malia got the night off, which was infuriating for those of us who went with him for the double game week. But, uh, I mean, we fully expect all of the SKC guys to be back in, right? Dwyer, Zuzi, yeah. and Davis. Um, Quelo
3: might get the night off.
1: Okay. For Opara, maybe?
3: Yeah, I think so. Now okay. that Beasler's back, Quelo mm-hmm. has been playing, like, every game. So I think they want to get him... A little bit of, of rest.
1: Mm-hmm. Who has the highest upside of the from the four teams? Let me rephrase that.
2: Like which team? Or... No, no, no. no.
1: It's which individual player? But is it? It's really just a Valeri Jovinko conversation, right? Like nobody else in this slate can score as much as them.
3: Dos Santos.
1: You think Dos Santos? Okay.
2: Yeah, I think Valeri. Um, especially coming off the rest that he's had. I think he's got the biggest upside of the two game slate. I
3: agree.
1: Okay.
2: Um, But yeah, Dos Santos is definitely in the conversation. I mean, he's been looked really good lately. Yeah. Do.
3: And I don't think sporting Kansas city are all that good on either side of the ball. I mean, they're, they're,
1: they're a good home team.
3: They're a good. Yeah. They're just a good team. But I don't think that their offense or defense scares me individually to the point where I'm, like, fading
2: people against them. Yep. Okay. (laughs) Especially not the Galaxy. Right. Yeah, exactly. The all-intimidating Galaxy. Lately. Yeah, they're finally putting it together. I
3: mean, Giovanni Dos Santos is just – he's happy and he's confident, and that's when I want to trust him.
1: How what do you guys feel? about little Emu Boateng? I was just, yep, yeah, that was my next question. Um, <laughs> that was quite a performance.
2: Uh, he's like a little, yeah, he was a spark pug out there. He kind of makes Javinko like... look big.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should have saved that comment earlier for him.
1: <laughs> right, yeah,
3: exactly. But I think we talked about him like the first podcast, because we saw him play in the CONCACAF mm-hmm. Champions League for 30 minutes or so. And I, I might have even said he's going to be the fastest player in MLS mm-hmm. this season. He His speed is pretty much unmatchable. I don't think Plata is as fast as he is. I don't think Javinko's is as fast as he is. Uh, whoever, you name him, I think Boateng. And some of his agility to save balls that are going out of bounds are just... It, he does things that I didn't think humans could possibly do speed-wise.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's fun to watch um and but fantasy wise I, I don't like i said we don't have the sunday prices so um but he seems like somebody worth targeting because he's not in that upper tier midfield like uh did either of you see what his price was last
3: week well he's a forward i think and... oh is he yeah forward? I, oh, I thought he might have been a con- mid
2: yeah yeah and so the contests for sunday are out you just oh, there are. Are so many on the board now you've got a filter it by the start time. <laughs> so if you filter it for, for the latest start time, then you can come across uh, the Sunday slate. But yeah, his price actually did jump $400. So whereas he was 3,400, he's up to 3,800, which on a two game slate, then yeah, I'll definitely still play him at that price. But if he was on a full slate, then I'd probably think twice just cause you know, he did just have his breakout game. But before that, even in some of the games that he was playing hefty minutes, like unless he hits the score sheet, he's really not gonna do too much for your fantasy team. Mm-hmm. So he happened to have a goal and two assists last week, which helped help them to a thirty five point haul. So you're definitely uh, talking about some box score watchers, JD. You're <laughs> definitely gonna have some emu Boatang out there.
3: Yeah, definitely, but I think the you can kinda combine the box score watching with the fact that there's literally no risk at thirty-eight hundred, so and on a two-game slate, so all the factors kind of align for, yeah, you might as well throw him out this weekend. But I agree. I don't think he's the kind of player that's going to be scoring a ton of goals this year. Mm-hmm. Like he he might be a five-six goal guy, and that's about it.
1: Okay, that makes. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and he's already got one, so. Um, how do you guys feel about Darlington Nagby?
2: Not as good uh, with Valery back.
1: Yeah. I described I him, uh, on Wednesday when I wrote about it, basically he's a, a better in real life player than he is in fantasy. But there was this talk that he was going to take over Valery's spot. And so I was like, Oh, you should get a good number of crosses. And he had one, which happened to be the assist, but <laughs> it was still just one. Um, I'm not sure at what price he becomes playable, but forty six hundred seems like a for sure no. And that's actually cheaper than Wednesday. <laughs> Is that like going below him, um, are there any guys that like would jump out at you? Like if you want to get Javinko and Valeri, uh and maybe try to sneak in a even a zardis like you're gonna to have to find some really cheap plays on this slate um there's are there not any... really that many I was going to say, are there any or this is just going for center backs and holding midfielders and then the upside guys
3: i guess yep. you have to see toronto's lineup to see if you can play lovitz or delgado
2: mark bloom <laughs> <laughs> yeah and with uh just with vancouver or with uh portland and kansas city coming off uh a midweek game there will definitely be some value plays open up it might be uh connor holisey again or or lawrence Olam again like those guys are almost a couple thousand dollars cheaper than nagby and i feel like they i mean they might score a few points less than him but the money that they free up then i'd probably even play guys like that over him Mm
3: -hmm. lawrence Olam is not a value play he's just uh, worthless (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> At eleven
1: points last night.
3: Yeah, Thanks I don't care. I point. mean that's the assist. Seventeen assists, points
2: two week ago two mm-hmm. weeks ago.
3: And I actually am gonna look up right now while you guys keep talking how many goals and assists he has in his career.
1: We're not buying <laughs> but, for career for, though. We're buying for right now.
3: Yeah, well yeah, his career's about about done.
2: So. <laughs> yeah. Well the question was would you consider anybody below Nagby and that's one of the guys two thousand dollars below him? That.
3: well, I'm just trying to advise the people who listen for my advice that yeah, uh, Laura, Lawrence Olam sucks <laughs> offensively and well, he's he actually play, he, he's he actually plays not as a that defensive good
2: midfielder yeah I he know. plays as, as a defensive <laughs> midfielder so you're not going for the uh the attacking stats but when you get them then that's just the icing on the cake.
3: Let's okay. take a guess. how many goals do you think he has in seventy three career games?
2: Two.
3: Three. Four. Oh. Ooh. And he has three assists. Downright prolific. Now, before these last three games, he had three goals and two assists in 70 games, which is pretty pathetic. Mm. He has seven shots on goal in his career.
1: Mm. That's a pretty good conversion rate, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's true four to seven pretty good that's pretty good
1: um okay the (laughs) which goalkeeper to pick from this slate
3: gleason
2: yeah i'd probably roll gleason also Mm -hmm. i was so angry about that own goal last
1: night Ugh! i wish those didn't count for clean sheet (laughs) purposes should be how many goals you give up to the other team, not to your own team. But anyway. Um, Okay. Yeah,
2: last night was so weird for goalkeepers. Mm -hmm. It was probably one of the weirdest goalkeeper nights there's been. I don't think anybody scored over five points, did they?
1: Yeah, there weren't a ton of saves either. Um, Yeah, all three games were
3: 1-1. Yeah, which was really boring and dumb.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I... I wasn't sure if I was supposed to feel better or still be upset about Malia not starting for my season-long team or not. Um,
3: So. All right.
1: Well, on that. Oh, sorry. What do you got?
3: Oh, I was just going to say one more thing about this slate. This might be the perfect time for me to bring back my Mark Bloom strategy of multiple minimum price defenders that are not going to play. I agree. Because there's hardly any value plays that I can see that are appealing and there's so many top options that if no one else is going to do that and they're going to sacrifice the the best plays just to get a a defender that's going to get four or five <laughs> points then maybe I'll just go with Mark Bloom and Nick Hagland and Dave Romney. How
1: about Eric Palmer Brown from Benfica, isn't that where he is now? Or <laughs> yeah, a Sporting no, CP maybe.
2: His... Yeah, one of those Portuguese teams. Yeah.
1: Um I mean it's
2: for $800 more you could go Lawrence Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and actually get a few points.
3: That's the whole point of the strategy. Why do you want those points when you can buy that extra eight hundred dollars and put it in to upgrade a, a midfielder or a forward? Yeah, I hear you. That makes sense. I mean, you can this. go from you can go from Zusi to Fernando Adi.
1: He might not start. If you either, go from but...
3: Olam to Mark Bloom. In a bubble, obviously, but.
1: Who, who's the second best forward of these two teams? Like, would you immediately say Adi? Like, I'm worried he's not going to start.
2: Yeah, I think think Adi.
3: I think Adi, and I think he's going to start a lot more than we think he is, because I'm pretty sure they want him to win the golden boot. I mean, obviously everyone wants their forward to win the golden boot, but I feel like it's kind of a, a secret goal of theirs right now.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I think Adi's going to start, and I think he'll be fine. He actually came off the bench a couple weeks ago, didn't he? Yeah, and he scored yeah, and he twice. Yeah, he got two goals. Yeah, so... he
3: never scores just once. <laughs> he actually yeah. has more two-goal games than one-goal games in his career. That's a fact.
2: That's crazy. He's going to be rested at some point, because Portland's got another double game week. Um, Not next ten, week, but... Yeah yeah two weeks after so they were off last week at too. some point yeah so I feel like he'll be all right I think he might start and yeah for me he's definitely number two on the forward list this week hmm. or for that two-game slate for sure right right
1: um, Zardes seems really cheap at 5,200 when Zuzi 63 Dwyer 66 Adi 69 and Jovinko, a against, classic Jovinko ninety-eight.
3: Against uh, Dwyer, I agree, but Zusi has that that crossing floor and probably the corners too. So I can see why he's so much more. Okay, but yeah, I don't mind Zardes. If you play Dos Santos, you might as well play Zardes. Right, I think
1: that makes sense. Um, I was casually putting a lineup together here, and I have sixteen hundred bucks left over, and I have a utility spot to fill.
3: I thought you were going to say you had like three spots, which is probably what would happen if I tried to build a lineup right now.
1: No. there's
2: Looks like, like it might no be a Dave, Dave Romney play here.
3: I, Mark Bloom's going to be like 30% owned, I bet.
2: <laughs> we'll, we'll get to see who the true listeners out there are. That's right. Just by which lineups have Mark Bloom in there. That's right. That's, right.
3: That's true. Send me your, your screenshots of your lineup with Mark Bloom. I'll be, make me happy.
1: Or it'll just help you write an article. Oh, I guess a Sunday slate <laughs> won't do it. <laughs> all right. On that Mark Bloom note, I'm going to cut us all off tonight. Uh, that uh, was pretty nice. Thank you guys for that. And good luck this weekend.
2: Good luck, guys. Good luck, everybody.
0: Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com soccer. They're going to kill the love of my life. Casey! If I don't go back to what I was doing this Friday, our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal a truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous?
1: Of course, it's
0: dangerous. Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13.
1: This is the story of the one. As
0: head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines.